Good morning, Mom Nation, and welcome back to a, another episode of Live and Learn, where we talk with fantastic, amazing women that have something something to share with us, some knowledge, some piece of knowledge that we can use right away in our lives, or maybe a specialized skill or something like that that we can use in our lives going forward right away as soon as we watch the show. And today we have Angie with us. Welcome, Angie. Hi, thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Thank you for being with us. I can't wait to dive into this topic. As I was talking with Angie before we got on the show, I was mentioning to her, hey, you know, Mom Nation has been around for about 10 years. And this topic that we are about to dive into is something that I see a lot of us, myself included, struggling with. And that is, in your words, Angie, using armor as in perfectionism, as in numbing, things like that to sort of hide behind. Now, before we dive into that topic, which again, super excited to dive into for my own reasons, um, can you tell us just a little bit about your background, who you are, what you do, that kind of thing? Absolutely. Um, I'm Angie Hatch. I'm a licensed professional counselor in Arizona. I've been working as a therapist for about 13 years. Um, I have a private practice and also work at Family Strategies as their clinical director. Um, we have a ton of different, um, probably 18, 19 therapists here and interns that work here and provide all different types of specialties. Um, what I work with mostly is um, I'm a certified sex addiction therapist. And so I work a lot with betrayal trauma and sex addiction, pornography addiction. But I also really love that I am a certified Daring Way facilitator. And I, that means I'm certified in the works of Brene Brown, which a lot of people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, she's very relatable and gives such good information and has done a ton of research on like how to live like wholeheartedly. And um, I facilitate her groups and use her materials in my individual work. And it's probably my favorite thing I do is my groups. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I love that. And thank you for being out there each and every day helping people live healthier, happier lives. Um, really love that work that you do. So thank you. So let's dive right into it. Um, you know, I have seen more often than not moms that are uh, sort of comparing themselves against that Pinterest mom or that perfect Facebook mom or, or oh, you know, this, this mom always looks perfect when she's out with her 15 kids. Like, how does she do that? I am not good enough. I can't live up to that. Can we talk a little bit about perfectionism, striving for perfectionism, and maybe what we see isn't quite the whole story, and we kind of have to keep that in mind, right? Yeah, and um, I love the analogy that Brene uses in her, like in her books, if you're familiar with her books, but she talks a lot about, you know, using the arena as like a place we want to show up in, and and then like what area of the arena are we paying attention to? And a lot of times we're focusing most on the seats in the arena that are like comparison mm. and, and scarcity and like who is sitting in those sections for us in our lives, like who matters the most. And usually if you wrote that down and took a minute to reflect on that, you know, you're going to say, you know, my family, my spouse, my parents, those kinds of things, maybe, maybe my really good friends, maybe my church leaders, those kind of things. But um, oftentimes we're paying attention more to the people that don't matter. Um and kind of sit, we call them in the cheap seats mm -hmm. and, and they're, they're making a lot of noise and they're throwing stuff at us, but they're not even in the arena with us, or they're not even in their own arena in their lives. And so we're, we're giving them a lot more influence on our lives and how we feel. Um, but it definitely affects our mental health because 
you know, we're comparing our, like almost our worst selves. Cause we know our, you know, we know all of our weaknesses right. to these, you know, presented em- images online that, you know, we have no idea what's going on behind, you know, behind everything. Um, and so what we see is it's not like a, a true comparison and, and comparison really steals that, that joy from us because, um, again, it's not that accurate comparison even at all. Um, and it, it really can hurt us in that way. So, um, a lot of times what we're doing with that, we use a lot of armor in our lives to try to keep us, um, feeling like we want people to like us. We want people to relate to us. And what that actually does, if you think about it, armor is something we're putting on and it's Mm -hmm. keeping people from really seeing who we are. Like they don't get to see past that. Um, so then it, it actually like kind of fuels that faulty belief that if you really knew me, you wouldn't really like me or love me. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's like kind of giving evidence to that. Like I'm presenting this perfect image. And yet, you know, if I really showed you who I am or all my flaws or even a little bit, then I'm afraid you're going to not really love me or you know like me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use this armor to protect ourselves, but what it does is it's a barrier to actually being and feeling seen. Mm-hmm. And we know that's so important because we all need connection to live and like to feel good. Um, it's a, you know, actually like a need that we have. Um, so a lot of times we're doing ourselves like this disservice, right. And like sabotaging ourselves because we're, we're thinking this armor is helping us, you know, and, and oftentimes we'll even say like, I love seeing vulnerability in someone else, but I, I don't like to show it to myself. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. You know, I see that a lot. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm attracted to that in, in you. I want to see that in you. And I think that's brave, but I don't, I'm not going to show that piece yet. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we'll even wait till, you know, the bad thing's over and we've healed from it before we're really comfortable sharing about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, that's lonely, right? Like if I'm Very. in like, I'm having like a really hard time and I'm, I'm waiting till it's all fixed and finished, like that whole time that I'm going through this really difficult thing, I'm missing out on these opportunities to really connect with people who probably really want to and really, um, would feel honored to like, you know, share in that pain I'm feeling or whatever I'm needing. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to talk about like maybe some of the armor that we use? Yeah, I would love to. And I, I really want to pull out a little piece of what you said right there, because I think yeah. that it's really important where, you know, bottom line, I feel like as humans, as women, like that's what we want. We want to connect with another. We want to feel seen. We want to be heard. And I appreciate you sort of clarifying that when we are having that armor on when we are not being our genuine selves, we are preventing what we ultimately want. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big light bulb moment for me. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's a big light bulb moment for our audience as well. So yeah, let's totally jump into what, you know, these different pieces of armor might look like. Mm -hmm. I know. And I get, I get so passionate about this. I get excited. I can like get, I get myself like goosebumps. It's so (laughs) cool. Um, so one of the main ways that people use armor that a lot of us are familiar with is perfectionism. Yeah. And, and even sometimes we use it like as a badge of honor, like, oh, well, I'm just a perfectionist, you know, and it, a lot of moms and like women, we, we are like, yeah, it's just kind of a thing that I do. Um, but it's actually hurting us. Um, and let's talk about why. So perfectionism is actually externally motivated. So it's looking at you know, it's looking at the outside externally for motivation. We, we care what everyone else thinks and we, we are 
operating because we want everyone else to perceive us a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so dangerous because if I'm giving everyone else out there, even all the people in the cheap seats, that power over me, like I can't even control that. I can't get in someone else's head right. and m- monitor that. I can't, you know, I can't help if somebody likes me or not. Um, so that can make me pretty miserable and pretty, you know, uh, a lot of negative emotions can come up with that. Um, so what we really, the opposite of what we really want to look for is that um, healthy for striving, st- sorry, um, striving for excellence is the other way to kind of call that. And that's mm-hmm. going to be that more um, internally motivated. So I'm like paying attention to like what matters to me? What are my values? Who are the people that, you know, really matter to me? And how can I show up in a, in a way that, you know, I want to be better, right? It's not, there's nothing wrong with trying to improve or like we all want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but where is it coming from? Is it internally motivated or externally? Um, and that, there's a, it's a really a big difference between those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like when we are presenting as our genuine selves, as our authentic self, then we have a better opportunity to attract those relationships in our life that match that mm-hmm. versus attracting relationships into our life that are matching the person that we are pretending to be or the persona mm-hmm. that we are, you know, taking on in order to impress or whatever, whatever it is. Um, and then those aren't really the best relationships, right? So again, we are keeping ourselves from that genuine connection that we all want. Yeah. And and really, they talk about how, you know, perfectionism, like shame is the birthplace of perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And so it's really that piece of like, uh, it's being driven by that shame of I've got to present in, a, in this perfect way, or you're not going to like me, yeah. or, you know, you're not going to love me, you're going to judge me, or you're going to like think bad of me. Um, so then it just that, that prevention of again, of like letting you really connect to me and know me. Mm-hmm. And we, and what we know is empathy heals us. And so how can I have real empathy if, if, you know, and we've all, we're all guilty of this. Like if I have this big secret or this, this thing I'm hiding, but I'm letting you see all the perfect parts of me and the str- the strong parts, then there's still that doubt in the back of my head. Like, oh, but yeah, but if you knew I was having marriage problems, or if you knew right. that one of my kids is really struggling, or if you knew that I'm struggling, then yeah, then it would, it would, I'd be afraid that you would like not be there for me. Right. And I feel like it's okay if somebody doesn't like you. Yeah. Right. Like sure. we're not, I'm not for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it took me a while to be comfortable with that and just be comfortable mm-hmm. with the fact that, Hey, not everybody is going to think I'm great. Not everybody is going to want to be my friend. Not everybody is going to like me. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, for me, it was a bit of a process. I think for some of us, it's a bit of a process to get there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, yeah, I think it's just life experience. And as we get older, like hopefully that's where we get to. And we realize, you know, we have, we want those true connections where we can really just be ourselves and people who accept us. And yeah, we're not for everybody. Right. Um, and that's okay. Absolutely. Um, another piece of armor that we use that is, um, is really cool. I think fascinating to talk about is called promoting joy. And what that means is that we get so vulnerable that we lose our tolerance for that vulnerability. Um, and that joy becomes promoting. So for example, you know, this really great example about if we're a parent and we're, you know, we get our kids to bed, you know, we have our little 
child sleeping and they're innocent and you know and all the bad stuff that's happened that day maybe they've all the mischief that they've caused we're looking down on this sweet little innocent you know child that's ours and you just have that like overwhelming feeling of like oh I just love this child so much and mm-hmm. I think we all can relate to that feeling in different ways but um in that moment I'm feeling that joy and that love and the next in that next second I'm thinking oh my gosh something bad's gonna happen yes oh, oh like he's gonna... this plagues me yes that is what that is what promoting joy is so in that moment it's so amazing so wonderful but I go to that scary place and I mm-hmm. we call it dress rehearsing tragedy mm-hmm. right we catastrophize so we we think of all the worst things because we think we're protecting ourselves if I think about the worst thing happening, then maybe I can prevent it, prevent it from happening. Or if, if it really did happen, you know, heaven forbid, it's like, then at least I'd be prepared for it. Maybe mm-hmm. it won't hurt as bad. Um, but we squander that joy in that moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because we're, you know, forward thinking about all the bad things that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is the right word to use, but I guess I'm kind of glad I'm not alone in that (laughs) Um, because I do struggle with that. And that's been a conversation personally with my therapist is, yeah, we're we're definitely working on that because Mm -hmm. it's big. And I think a lot of moms have that that anxiety. In fact, I just had a family member in town. She just left this morning and she's a mom of a a, a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. And she feels the same way. And so I'm yeah. like, I, I know that this is common. How do we help our moms with this? Yes. Yes. And I always say like, um, the things that we care the most about, we tend to have the most like worry and shame around actually, because I always say this example, like, you know, if someone were to tell me, Hey, Angie, you're not, you're not good at like changing a tire. Like I've never changed a tire in my life. And I'm like, I, I actually, I don't care because that's not something that I like for me is important. Now, right. if you were to tell me, hey, Angie, you're a, you're a terrible wife, you're a terrible mother, you're a terrible therapist, like those things would really hurt me, like mm-hmm. really hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tend to feel, you know, the most pain and shame around areas that matter to us. So it's actually a positive thing in some ways you can think of like, okay, the reason you're so worried and so worried about being a bad parent is because you care so much and that's yeah. good, right? Yeah. That's actually a sign you're a good parent. Yeah. I've actually heard that before <laughs> a few yeah. times that that's yeah. a sign that you aren't a bad parent. So, you know, look a little bit deeper into that. What about numbing? Yeah. Well, before we go to that, I want to give people that, you know, everyone the answer, like, what do we do with for wedding joy? Now that I know what it is and I'm doing oh, yes. it. What, Thank you. Like, we how, want that. How do, yeah. Like, how do I get out of that? And so the antidote to that is gratitude. So in that moment where I'm standing over my child and I'm feeling that joy and that, that, you know, sense of love and like, just, just extreme feeling of good, good feelings. And then I start to go to that, like that picturing that negative thing happening. If I can practice gratitude in that moment, it brings me into the present and helps me stay there. And then, so I'm, you know, I'm saying something out loud. I'm grateful that I have this, this little child that I love so much. And, um, I'm grateful that I could be, you know, have this relationship even that I could even feel this, this much, um, that helps us stay in that moment and helps us stay in that joy. And I mean, that's just kind of having just to be really self-aware to recognize when that's happening. So we can stay in that and use that gratitude to stay there. I love it. I love that. Um, 
sort of grounding opportunity. Really great mm-hmm. advice there. Yeah. All right. Time for numbing. Yeah. numbing. <laughs> so, I mean, Brene, Brene Brown talks about how we're like the most addicted, you know, um, like society in the, yeah. and uh, we have so many ways that we medicate and there's, you know, many examples we can use food and sugar and we use, um, social media and work and, um, TV, you know, all the things, um, shopping, what else? Just so substance much. abuse, substance abuse, of course, you know, and I work a lot with like pornography and sex addiction, a lot of that. Um, so absolutely different addictions that go in there. So what is the difference between numbing and, um, like self-care is the, is the example because yeah, it's okay to like watch a show. It's okay to go shopping. It's okay to eat some sugar. It's, you know, it's okay if you drink to drink alcohol, like it's, it's okay. But how do I know where I'm getting to the point where I'm numbing? Yeah. And so really it's kind of having to check in with ourselves. Like what, what's going on for me right now? Like, why, why am I using this? And, and is it in moderation? Obviously that's kind of the clue in as if, okay, if I'm eating, you know, piece of cake, that's fine. But if I'm mm-hmm. eating the whole cake, for example, mm-hmm. like I'm going to feel bad afterwards. I'm going to have, I'm going to not only feel physically not good. I'm also going to feel, um, yeah, guilt, shame, not like, yeah, just all that. I'm not going to feel better. If I've watched a whole, I've been on a whole season of a show, like nonstop, which I mean, I definitely have. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, did I enjoy that show? Like I would, if I just taken it like one piece at a time, or maybe, you know, like didn't like what was going on for me? Maybe there was a lot going on emotionally for me that I was trying to not really deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um. So we just have, need to be really careful about that piece of like, it's okay to like have self-care. Absolutely. We want to do that, but are we, are we using that numbing instead um, to aren't kind of armor up and, and not have to, or those difficult emotions are coming up and I don't want to feel those. Um, I give this example a lot, like where um, I just, I got remarried. This is like eight, seven, eight years ago. And we have a blended family and we went on this cruise as a family and we're on this cruise and um I love travel deals. I love traveling. And so um, I'm always trying to get like good deals. That's kind of like my side thing. <laughs> and um, I'm on this cruise. And if you've been on a cruise, you don't have good internet service, right? So usually, Ever. yeah. No matter what paying... they say. <laughs> yes, right. And I'm getting these deals sent to me like through email and I get this deal and it's like an amazing deal. So what am I doing? All of a sudden I catch myself, like I'm in my um, room by myself. My whole family's like out on the ship, like having fun. And I'm like, trying to book these new flights on this next vacation and spending time doing this. A lot and of time, I, probably. I, I didn't even realize this till later. Right. But I, looking back, I was like, oh my gosh, like what was happening? And I'm like, oh, I think my kids were kind of squabbling that day. And, and then there's that fear of missing out. Like, oh my gosh, this next thing. And almost like those emotions of having to stay in that moment was hard and vulnerable for me that I felt it was more comfortable to go and like, worry about the next thing. Yeah. But definitely taking me out of my values because, you know, why did I plan this trip? Because I wanted to be with my family. Um, and so we kind of, we can do that. We use this, you know, there's so many ways we use armor to kind of keep us from showing up and, and being seen. And how do you identify that? So if you have been, you know, in this routine for X amount of time mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just a habit for you to grab your phone or to sit and watch six Mm -hmm. shows in a row or to have Mm -hmm. six beers in an hour or whatever. 
Um, like, how do you recognize, mm-hmm. oh, hey, this might not be self-care. This might actually be numbing. Let's start to, d- to dive into this and unpack it. Absolutely. Um, so we, we talk about this like three-step like process that's been really proven through research that really helps us kind of like dive into what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that first piece is that um, we call it the reckoning. So all we have to do in the reckoning, so we're feeling an emotion, right? We have to recognize that. That's all we have to do is recognize it and then get curious. So if I were to go back to that example and be like, okay, what's going on for me in this moment? Like, why am I hiding out in this room while everyone's having fun and just get curious instead of judgmental about it, right? Mm-hmm. Not get, not be mean to myself, not have to like tell myself I'm terrible or any of those things, but more yeah. like, oh, what's going on for me right now? Like, what am I avoiding? What's going on mm-hmm. in general? Um, that's the first piece. So I just have to get willing to recognize I've been hooked by something, some unpleasant emotion typically. Um, and then I need to like get curious about it. Um, and then we get into like the rumble, we call it. And so we rumble with the story and, and all those unpleasant things. And we look at um, what part of, of the story is true and not true. And, you know, typically when we're telling ourselves a story, we have a few data points, right? We're like, okay, you know, for example, if um, let's say my kid got in trouble at school. And I got a phone call and I have a message waiting, you know, that's how you find out about it. But I just hear a voicemail and they're saying, Hey, you know, your child was, you know, did this thing at school and got in trouble. So my data points are going to be like, okay, I have a phone call. That's like real. We know that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that he got in trouble and whatever they told me. Um, but in, in the story in my head, it's going into this whole big thing about, oh my gosh, like now the teacher doesn't like them. Now the principal is not going to like them. Like, all the other kids and their parents are going to think he's a bad kid and they won't let him come play at their house. And, and, and we, and I mean, and I know it sounds dramatic, but I, I mean, this is what we do. Yeah. Right. Because we care about our kids and we, that's why we get into this place of like so much, so much emotion around it because we don't want anything bad to happen to them. So um, we go into this big story and yet we don't know yet what all the truth is. Um. Now, if I were to call up my friend before I even call the school back and find out more information and say, oh my gosh, like my son, like the teacher hates him now. And like, maybe like he's not gonna have any friends now. And they're always, he's always gonna be known as this kid who like was, you know, did this bad thing. Um, We call that a confabulation where we tell a lie honestly. Um, Because in my head, I'm telling you the truth to my friend, right? I'm saying this is what's happening. Right. but we, do we know that yet? We don't. Right. Um, and that can make our, you know, that can change in, in examples like that. It can change how the person we're telling, how they feel about what we're telling them about mm-hmm. who we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to be really careful, um, to kind of like work through that. And that's where we do the rumble. Um, we, um, I'm not sure if we're allowed to cuss on this. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Um, we're so moms. She, yeah. I'm like, okay. So we use, we call it like a blank, um, shitty first draft to help. Like, it's actually like a, a, something that you can like type out on your phone. If you're like, you don't have any paper nearby, but it's really good to like write it down and, um, get clear on what's happening. And there's some really great questions we ask ourselves and we write it out. Um, so it helps us. We write out all the things we're feeling that big story, that mean story. It's almost unshareable. It's a tantrum, right? It's like, 
like all the worst. <laughs> um, it's all the worst things that, you know, our worst nightmare <laughs> is happening. Yeah. Um, and if somebody read it, we'd be embarrassed. Probably we'd feel, you know, shame around that. Um, and it's so they always say like, if, if it's something you would be embarrassed, somebody saw or read that, that you're actually writing a good one. Okay. Cause that's, that's how we are with ourselves. We're hard when we get hooked by emotion. Right. Um, but then the idea is that we don't stay there. Obviously we just write it all out unfiltered. And then we ask our, us, ourselves some really great questions. Um, and we can kind of walk through some of the questions if you want. Yeah. Um, okay. So we, we start with the, what happened? What's the data? So what do we really know? Right. So we get clear on like what's actual truth and just what we're worried about. Um, what am, emotions am I feeling? So what are the emotions I'm hooked with? So I'm here, I'm getting curious, right, about that piece. And what is the shitty story I'm telling myself about the situation, about the other person, if there's someone else involved? Mm-hmm. Um, and then about what am I telling myself about me? And um, and then what kind of, so I kind of write all that out, like the most genuine, authentic form, right? Like just tantrum wise. And then we talk about um, what information don't I have and do I need to find out? So maybe I need to call the school back and get more information, talk to the teacher, right? right. Talk to my, talk to my child, get there. Like what, what was going on for them? You know, there's mm-hmm. probably, there, there's probably a multitude of things that could have happened. Exactly. They have a side to the story for sure. Yeah. Um, and then one of my favorite pieces is what is the most generous assumption I can make? Um, and, and that's actually for us. That's not necessarily for other people because sometimes we're like, well, but I know they're not doing the best they can, but we're like, no, actually like this is, this helps us give people the benefit of the doubt. And I know I want people to do that for me. Right. Right. And until we know the information, it's best to, to kind of do that because why put ourselves in that, that much more turmoil or like pain until we have all the information. So we, what would be the most generous assumption? Okay, maybe it's not as bad as I think, you know, maybe it was a group of kids and they were having fun and they just got silly. And then it, you know, kind of like a, what happens, right? Um, maybe it's a mistake. Maybe it's not even my child. Maybe they accidentally called the wrong parent. I don't know. It could be right. so many things. Yeah. Um, and then another question is, what am I learning? So, you know, what am I learning in this situation? Maybe it's okay. I need to, um, slow things down a little bit before I respond and react because, you know, if I respond in that emotion, it may not look very good. Right. right. And I might feel worse about this later because I'm, I'm in that emotional turmoil and then I get reactive. Right. And maybe for some people that's anger. And sometimes it's maybe I'm just going to cry uncontrollably and that might may not make me feel so good later either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to figure out and get clear on like, you know, what am I learning? What's helping me? Um, and then also, what are the boundaries do I need to set? So we're not saying, okay, we give people the generous assumption and there's no boundaries involved, mm-hmm. right? So we're able to say, okay, what boundaries do I need to set? So maybe um, for myself is in that situation, maybe it's, okay, I'm going to wait. Instead of going right to the school right now, I'm going to wait till after school. I give myself some time to kind of process this and come up with a plan that I want to like address this in the right way. And like, how can I you know, show up in a way that feels good? And that leads us into the next question, which is how do I want to, what kind of human do I want to be and show up as? So, mm-hmm. you know, when I look back at this, you know, in five years at this time where my, you know, son got in trouble at school or whatever, um, like, do I want to feel like I was just 
came down on him so hard and it was like shame based and like making him feel bad? Um, or do I want it to be like this hopefully beautiful moment where we learn and we like connect and we kind of get to what was going on and like help him understand like, Hey, whatever that lesson that needs to be learned there, but in a, like a very positive, healthy way. And where I feel like a good parent too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, can be really powerful for people. I've seen clients do this over and over again. And then it, it, maybe it sounds simple. Maybe it doesn't, I don't know, but it, it's so helpful to write this stuff down and get clear about what is going on. I totally agree. And I love that. And I love how clearly you presented that. Um, and I would imagine that it takes some practice to, mm -hmm. to get real good at that and to, for that to be your first sort of go-to reaction, right. To mm -hmm. step back, slow down, get the data, you know, do all the things it's going to take a minute. And so I feel like as moms, if, when we're making a shift into changing our behavior, changing the way that we do things, changing the way that we look at things, we have to be easy on ourselves and allow ourselves the time to transition into that because it is, it's, it's a, a new habit. It's a new, you know, something that we're learning. And I, I just think that that's really important too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then sometimes, I mean, again, we come up, a new situation happens all the time. And so we're not prepared for it. We, maybe we didn't even recognize we got hooked by that emotion. And so we mm -hmm. do, we can absolutely kind of run with that because we're humans and, and yeah, we do want to give ourselves a lot of compassion there. And I always say, it's okay. Like circle back. You can always circle back and yeah. it's not like, it's not all or nothing. I love that you said we're humans because I think that sometimes we forget because we do such superhuman things. <laughs> we forget that we're actually human beings ourselves. So yeah. good little reminder there, Angie, this was phenomenal. I mean, so much information packed into just a short amount of time. I, I appreciate it. And I can't, I'm going to watch the replay probably over and over because <laughs> it was so much information. And I love that you gave examples of, you know, questions to ask at the end. I think that was super cool and a really good, um, tool for moms to have in their tool belt. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so fun to talk to you. Yeah, you too. So if somebody wants to get in touch, if they want to connect with you, maybe join one of your groups, how, how could they best do that? Yeah. So if you go to our website at www www.familystrategies.org um, and under our group page it's called the daring way and I have some daring greatly groups coming up for I have groups for women and then groups for men coming up I'm in the middle of some rising strong groups and so if you're familiar with her work and her books which a lot of people are um, but even if you're not it's such good work um, it's very like motivating and coaching and um, helping you improve and be who you really want to be and show up in a way that feels really genuine and authentic and wholeheartedly, which is what we love. Oh, I love that. Thank you again so yeah. much. And I will put uh, the links in the show notes, guys. So that way it'll be really quick and easy. You can just click on it and connect with Angie. Thank you again so much yeah. for your time and expertise. It was phenomenal. For those of you who want to check out any of our previous episodes or watch the replay of this one again and again, like I'm going to hop over to our YouTube channel. It is at Mom Nation USA. That is our handle. If you prefer the podcast um, style, maybe you run a lot, bike a lot, hike a lot. You prefer to listen to it in your ears on your favorite podcast platform. Do a quick search for Mom Nation Talk Radio and there you can connect with all of our shows, including the new one with Angie. And again, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye guys.